in order to position yourself as the expert that you are, people need to see you. You have these contacts, but right now you just have a static page, right? You have your LinkedIn profile, which is a static page. Well, people are not going to come to this page unless you're being visible. And so you need to share content so that people who are being active on LinkedIn keep seeing you every day. They see your great content and they realize you are positioning yourself for this topic. You're listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, The Business of Thought Leadership, where we believe you must have a clear personal brand. Otherwise, you'll be stuck in that sea of sameness like everybody else, and you won't differentiate yourself from the competition. I'm your co-host, Nikki Ballou. I'm your other co-host, Michael Palmer. And today's guest is Uber LinkedIn expert, Sarah Santa Croce. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. You know, Sarah, the name of this podcast is The Business of Thought Leadership. And as the name suggests, our listener is interested in the business aspects of thought leadership. So they're very interested in finding out how you got to be Sarah Santa Croce. What led you along your journey to be this thought leader in the space of LinkedIn? Hmm, good question. Not your typical journey, I would say. Um, So I started out, I quit my job because uh, we had a job transfer. So uh, first of all, maybe listeners might be interested to know that I'm based in Switzerland. Yes, I saw that. That's amazing. Yeah, uh, born and raised. So I'm 100% Swiss. And uh, my husband is actually from Toronto. Canada. Oh my goodness, so, just where yeah. we're from. That's awesome. I know. So, um, well, we've been living here for uh, 20 years. And then eventually one summer, uh, about 10 years ago, he's like, I'm sick of this rain. Let's move to California. I got a job transfer. They offered me a job over there. I'm like, sure, it sounds good. So we packed our bags. We just had our second baby. He was six months old and uh, moved house and kids and everything over there. And obviously I had to quit my job. So I was like, what? what can I do? First, I stayed home for a while. It was kind of fun because you're always outside with the kids in California. But after a while, I'm like, well, you know, I'm not just kind of made for staying at home all the time just with the kids. So I decided that I needed to launch my own business. And uh, this being California between 2006 and 2010, it was kind of the social media boom. And first, I uh, decided I'm going to become a virtual assistant. So help other business owners with admin stuff and uh, translations and all of that good stuff. And then since I needed to find out how do I create buzz about my own business and social media kind of was the answer. And I quickly kind of, you know, got really good at it. I was like, well, if I can do that for my own business, I can do that for other people's businesses. And so that's how I got into social media. And then when we moved back to Switzerland, that was in 2010, believe it or not, in Switzerland, 2010 was still kind of like ice age in terms of uh, social media. 
So people were maybe on Facebook, but that was about it. And the only platform that they really found interesting for business, because my audience was always B2B, was LinkedIn. And so that's where they felt, you know, this is really something that works. And so that's when I kind of shifted and decided uh, to focus only on LinkedIn and specialize in helping my clients get clients on LinkedIn. That's amazing. You know, you are a listener. If you're listening to Sarah, Sarah was where you might be right now, uh, you know, in a position where she had a job, she quit her job, and she started to do something for herself as an entrepreneur. And, and Sarah, many of the people that listen to this, that's a position they're in or they have been not so long ago. You know, they're in a job, yet not feeling all that fulfilled by that job, feeling like they need to quit that job perhaps and uh, go start their own business, follow their own passion and their own bliss. And it sounds to me like you've done an incredible job of doing that, haven't you? Well, if you say so, <laughs> I, I'm I, in Switzerland, we're very modest people, so I don't want to say so myself. But yeah, I've made myself a, a, a bit of a name when it comes to LinkedIn. So I'm kind of the go to person, not just in Switzerland, but uh, luckily, um, you know, I've created relationships uh, while I was in California, but also still work very internationally. So um, I, I, yeah, I would say that. In the kind of this sphere, I I'm definitely created myself the brand as you know the LinkedIn specialist or the LinkedIn uh, expert, if you want. So your brand, your personal brand, is the LinkedIn specialist, the LinkedIn expert. Have you gone about commercializing that? Because our listener is very interested in that. Mm. You know, if I had to kind of find one thing that made my brand, I would say it was my. Uh, signature event, which is called the LinkedIn Challenge, which I started many years ago. I, I, it's it's kind of in the, uh, I, I think it's in the 10th or 11th edition. And, that, and that's kind of a challenge where I invited a team of experts. So usually we are nine uh, LinkedIn specialists. Each of us gives a tip or a challenge and then people sign up to this event and they get this daily email tip or or blog or or you know kind of a there was always a webinar at the end and so not only did i enjoy that because uh, it was a team kind of teamwork right so i was the host and i brought in these other experts but by bringing all these other experts, first of all, these were kind of bigger names than myself. And so I positioned myself as, you know, being on the same level. And at the same time, I got all these people to sign up, which helped me grow my email list a lot. So I would say that the LinkedIn challenge, which I'm still running, is definitely the one thing that kind of, you know, made people aware, oh, this is Sarah, this is, you know, the LinkedIn challenge, that's her thing. So Sarah equals LinkedIn specialist. Beautiful. That's very cool. I love that. And I'm sure a lot of traction would have come from that. So let's, for, for the listener, Let's talk about LinkedIn and the potential and power of LinkedIn. I mean, you'd have to be in the dark ages to not know that LinkedIn is an incredible platform and community of, of business people. Uh, but let, let's share from your perspective what the real opportunity is for our listener. Okay. Maybe the first thing to understand is that 
it is a bit of a different beast, you know, compared to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. So it's the professional platform. And I think the one thing that differentiates itself from the others is that people are in a business mindset. So they're, as we all know, we're on Facebook, yes, partly for business, but a lot of times we're there just to check in with our friends and colleagues and family is doing. Where on LinkedIn, we are in that business mindset. So we don't want to see people's, you know, vacation pictures and, 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 and kids' pictures and all of that. We are there because we either want to grow our business, grow our career, change career, um, you know, hire new people. So it's all business related. And, and I think that's the big opportunity for people who are in the B2B kind of area. And a lot of times people still misunderstand LinkedIn and think that's just a platform where you go when you are looking for a new job. But that's no longer the case. Uh, a lot of entrepreneurs are on LinkedIn for that main reason, because the the other people who are there are in the business mindset. And also because people on LinkedIn have more money <laughs> to spend than maybe people who are on you know Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. Uh, they either have a job or they have a business. And so these are the conversion uh, is much more likely to happen from LinkedIn uh, because people have money. Yeah, it is. It's an incredible audience that's there. And I spend more of my time on the Facebook platform. And mm -hmm. and my one of my audiences is on the Facebook platform, but they're also on the LinkedIn platform. But I haven't spent any time figuring out LinkedIn. I just, I use LinkedIn a little bit to connect with people and, and that's it. So I'm really curious to know, like, what is the progression? You know, I'm on LinkedIn. I have a bunch of thought leadership. I have uh, a few audiences, very narrow audiences that I would like to communicate and connect with. What would you recommend for me to start to leverage that platform more effectively? Hmm. Um, are you currently already sharing content, just like you're sharing it on Facebook or no, Twitter? Nope. Not okay, sharing, so that's the first thing. Yeah, that's the first thing. It's in order to position yourself as the expert that you are, people need to see you. You have these contacts, but right now you just have a static page, right? You have your LinkedIn profile, which is a static page. Well, people are not going to come to this page unless you're being visible and you're positioning yourself as the expert in your network. And so you need to share content so that people who are being active on LinkedIn keep seeing you every day. They see your great content and they realize you are positioning yourself for this topic. I, I get, yeah, and I get that. And I guess what my reluctance is, is that my content, like I have a whole bunch of people that I connect, like I have friends that I've connected to, they're professional but they, I'm connected on there. I have professional connections like from past careers. I have uh, clients on there. Like there are all these different types of connections. So if I start posting information, is that, you know, I, I just feel like on LinkedIn, like on Facebook, I go and I have a page and I post on the page and that's going to the people who like that page. But when I'm posting on, on LinkedIn, I get the feeling like I'm going to be sort of almost spamming everybody with my content and it's not really relevant to them. Hmm. I guess on a Facebook page, yes, because, you know, they like that page. So uh, they are kind of committed to that topic. Um, I get what you mean. However, 
uh, we're so used to content nowadays that we expect people on LinkedIn to share content that is positioning themselves as experts. Now, if I don't want to see your content, then that's up to me. Well, either to just, you know, browse through the newsfeed and not, you know, click on your content, or I can actually take you off and say, okay, I don't want to see your content in my newsfeed anymore. I don't think it's considered spamming because you're not sending it to their inbox That's or right. you're not Spa- sending spam it is the to wrong, them. the wrong word. It's uh, annoying, I guess, is a better, a better word. Yeah. But they can turn it off. Yeah. So I start posting content on. Share with us what ha- what you've seen people doing that's been really effective for putting out this content and having uh, people become to follow, fo- become followers of of your clients. So there's there's different options on LinkedIn. Either you share content that you've previously published on your blog, so on your own site. So you would just reshare that content with the objective being the people to come back to your website. So that's one thing that, you know, that's the same thing that you're doing on Facebook, for example. The other thing is on LinkedIn, you have this option to actually create your own articles directly in LinkedIn. And uh, it's called the LinkedIn Pulse or Publisher. And so by creating articles directly in that uh, platform, you are sharing articles with your network. And these are then static articles that are also visible on your profile. So these are two different types of content that you can be sharing on LinkedIn. Very interesting. I, uh, I get that. So Sarah, is your experience with LinkedIn that, that, that it be primarily a content and sharing play? Uh, what about a more direct approach? Like, I mean, uh, speaking for myself, I'm in the sales and I'm a believer in taking action kind of now. So if I see someone on LinkedIn and their profile is a profile of someone that's interesting to me for business, my approach is just to say, hey, it's Nikki Blue. How are you? This is what I do. I'd be interested in get jumping on a call with you to explore what you do, taking it from there. Or even trying to see if they may have a pain point that I might be able to address them with. What are your thoughts on that? Actually, that's what I always say um, is that on LinkedIn, the sales cycle is much shorter than anywhere else. If somebody sent a message to me like that on Facebook, I'd be like, get lost. You know, who are you? But on LinkedIn, because we're all in this business mindset and because we know we're on LinkedIn for business reasons, it's not as shocking. Obviously, you don't want to do cold calling and just, you know, go and send the first message and, and, and sell something. But if you say, hey, I looked at your profile and this looks very interesting. Can you tell me more? Uh, you know, do you have any resources or should we jump on a call? It's very much accepted on LinkedIn because we have that common kind of knowledge that it's all about business. So yeah, I I get messages uh, from people, new people who I don't know, and they just contact me and say, hey, I like what I saw on your profile. Uh, Can we discuss further? I need your help. And this is not just because it's LinkedIn services. It, it it, It happens to my clients as well, who are, you know, executive coaches, health practitioners, your LinkedIn profile, and that's kind of part of the, the four steps of social selling, 
the profile needs to be a client magnet. So obviously, if your LinkedIn profile still looks like a CV because you haven't changed it since you you know, quit your job in corporate America, well, obviously, people are not going to contact you because it reads like a CV. But if it reads like a sales page or, or like an about page on your website, and you also use a human tone, then you actually encourage people to contact you. And, and it will happen. I like it. I, I like, like it, it a lot. lot. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really powerful. So could you tell me what are some of the services you provide on LinkedIn with helping people get clients? Because I'd really like to understand how, A, I could potentially use it, Michael could potentially use it, and how our listener could use it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so as I said, the first step is to transform your boring, because most of the LinkedIn profiles I see are kind of boring, the boring LinkedIn profile into a client magnet. So uh, I have people who contact me just for that service to kind of make sure that they get the right people. When they reach out to new people, they look at their profiles and immediately want to contact them because the profile really is much more like a website the minute I get my hands on it, I'll transform it into a mini website with the main purpose of driving traffic to your other website. So build, you can build your email list with your with your LinkedIn profile and drive traffic to your site. So that's that's the first step. And then I do, you know, coaching sessions where beyond the profile, then I go into, well, how do you publish content? How do you then reach out to the right kind of prospects? Um, How do you use groups? Because groups, LinkedIn groups, I kind of have a love and hate relationships with LinkedIn groups, to be honest, because a lot of things are not working so well with LinkedIn groups because they're just not managed well or or. Yeah, there's different reasons. But one thing that LinkedIn groups are really good for is to find your ideal clients. So uh, there are groups on LinkedIn, just like on Facebook, where clients hang out because they have the same kind of interest. Well, if you're being active in those groups, then you can even go into the groups and look at all the members and start sending out connection requests. Obviously, you want to always personalize these connection requests. And so you're building really a network. And that comes back to what you said before. Well, what if I have these this mixed network that's not really interested in my, in my uh, topic of, uh, of expertise? Well, you want to start building a network that is actually interested in what you are sharing. And, and groups will help you with that. And then I have an online uh, group coaching for social selling, so where I take people through the four steps of um, the social selling process. So it starts with the uh, the profile, then goes into adding value, growing your network, and finally prospecting because LinkedIn is a huge database where you can, uh, if you know how to use the advanced search, you can find your ideal prospects and then go into that um, approach that you mentioned before, which is a bit more direct but still not spamming people. So you don't want to, I'm not a big fan. There, there's people out there who, who have these automated systems that, um, you know, send out all these LinkedIn messages and, and kind of spam people. That's not what I believe in. I still believe in the, the human connections, but LinkedIn gives you the data and then you have to do the work and, you know, build relationships with these people one-on-one. Yeah, it's uh, it really is interesting because th- these are social networks 
And so if they're, if you're not a human being, being a human being, it can become detrimental to your own personal brand and, and not actually be effective. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I dislike these, these messages where you can just tell that everything has been automated. So I remember this lady, she connected with me on LinkedIn and then sure enough, two days later, I start getting these messages, not on LinkedIn, but via my email and already that I teach my clients that that's a big no-no because you are basically um, breaking an unwritten rule about um, that uh, kind of the hierarchy of how you can contact this person. If you're first connected on LinkedIn, you basically decide that you're only connected via LinkedIn and you don't have the right to use their email, add their, their email address to, to the mailing list or anything like that. So it, you're just connected on LinkedIn and the person needs to kind of give you access or needs to agree that you can now connect with them via email. So I think that's a, a yeah, kind of an unwritten rule. A key, a key step in the, uh, the game, I would say, is to get people to your email so that they're interested in what you have. And so you can then create a dialogue that's a little bit more direct, as Nikki was, was talking about. What are some strategies that are being used to, A, be a human, but as Nikki was saying, let's actually start talking about the services that we offer and, and see if there's a fit there. What strategies mm-hmm. have you seen that have been effective? Mm. Well, one one tool that uh, LinkedIn actually offers that's great for that. If you know you're really into sales and you you want to make this a kind of a, a a strategy of yours and really focus on LinkedIn, then I would recommend to get this LinkedIn Sales Navigator tool, which allows you to really focus on just um, your prospects. And so rather than getting all the information from all the people in your LinkedIn network, in your newsfeed, while you're focusing in only on shares from your prospects. And that's a big part of the social selling strategy because you're listening first, right? And you're commenting on what they're sharing and you're, you know, resharing what they're sharing. And then you go and go to the next step. And then going to the next step is as easy as sending them a customized message via LinkedIn. So that's not a share that you're sharing with everybody, but just one-on-one conversation. And so you would say, hey, I saw this post that you uh, posted yesterday, a very interesting topic. Here's uh, an article that I just wrote about this topic. I thought you might be interested in it and you know, would, would be open to discuss uh, if you have any feedback something like that. But you need to first demonstrate that you're already listening. You already kind of know what they're about before just going in and saying, hey, here's my thing. Do you need my services? That's Does valuable. that make sense? Yeah, it's very valuable. Well, here's the thing, right? Selling to me is almost a little bit like like dating and romance and marriage, right? If, <laughs> yeah. if, 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 if I were to approach somebody and before I even know them, you know, try to kiss them. It's not going to go well, right? It's not going to go well at all. However, if there's a little bit of back and forth in terms of determining some interest, I think you can go pretty quickly from there to a date. Uh, exactly. You know, and and it doesn't need to be long. And, and my frustration with a lot of uh, what's out there around 
social selling and being on uh, on various social media platforms is they never get to the point when it comes to the reason you're actually doing all this at the end of the day is you want to create a business relationship and a sale with people. And at some point, you got to get to a yes or no conversation. Yeah, you know what I mean? And yeah. for me, that's really, really important. And I'm glad that you see things the same way. Yeah. And, and again, I think on, on LinkedIn, the sales cycle is shorter because we know it's all about business. Where on Facebook, I'm also an introvert. And so what I realized is LinkedIn really works for me because I don't have time to do small talk. <laughs> I don't have time to do small talk. I love it. <laughs> so, so yes, of course, we'll, you know, we'll, I'll comment on this in this post, but I'm not going to be talking about the weather for two weeks. So, you know, we know we're here for business. So let's just have this conversation where on Facebook, it always feels to me like I have to first post 20 pictures of my cat, which I don't have. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, you know what? It's a good excuse being an introvert. I I need to get right to the point. It's really, really powerful. So, Sarah, one of the things we like to do to end off each episode is ask our guests for your three expert action steps that you believe our listeners should implement in order to take their success as a thought leader in their success on the LinkedIn platform to the next level. So what are yours? Okay. The first thing I would recommend is that you look at your headline of your LinkedIn profile and see what it says there. So if it says anything like coach or consultant or owner at this and this business, scrap that you need to change it and make it understandable for people first of all you need to tell people in that headline what it is who you are what you do and who you help so answer these questions in that headline because first of all people see that the minute they come to your LinkedIn profile second of all that shows up in search results So people are not searching for owner at or director or consultant. They're searching for more specific words like, you know, leadership coach, for example, not just coach, but leadership. So be very clever with that LinkedIn headline because it does matter. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would say, start being intelligent about who you're connecting with. And so, Maybe if you only have, uh, you know, all your old colleagues from corporate days, start growing a network, uh, using groups, using um, who you know. There's a section in LinkedIn who you might know. So start growing your network uh, by um, adding more interesting people to your network, actual prospects or potential clients. So that once you, which is the third thing, once once you become more active and you start to position yourself as an expert um, by sharing valuable content, well, it's actually the right people who are seeing that content. Because if you're just sharing it with your neighbors and mom and, you know, uncles and aunts, well, there's no point to that. So second is grow your network, but grow it intelligently. And third step would be to start um, either sharing, first of all, your, your articles that you post on your blog, but then also using LinkedIn Pulse uh, because these articles are also indexed on Google search. So it's just another 
way to position yourself as an expert directly in LinkedIn. But as I said, it's also searchable in Google. So it's it's just another kind of um, place that you own on the interweb. These are absolutely fantastic expert action steps. Thank you so much, Sarah. So this is the point in the podcast where if there's something that you'd like to promote or give away to our audience, this is the time to do it. Okay, great. Thanks for the opportunity to share. So I have a 10 ingredient recipe for LinkedIn success. That's kind of a recipe book with 10 steps that will help you, um, you know, understand, first of all, LinkedIn, but also define your objective, uh, get your connection strategy uh, straight, and then optimize your profile, etc, etc. So it's, it's a, a, an ebook, and I'm really proud of the the um, the cover because my son created this nice picture on Canva. Oh, that's so nice. He's, he's 13, so he's really handy with Canva. So he created that little picture there. Uh, and you can get that at simplicitysmallbiz.com forward slash T-B-O-T-L. Right? That's the name of your show if I got that right. You did. That's fantastic. We'll make sure to include that in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today, Sarah. You're a fabulous guest. You shared some amazing nuggets, and I know that our listeners are going to love them. Thank you guys for having me, and I look forward to exploring Toronto this summer. So who knows? I'll look you up, and we'll have coffee together. That would be great. great. Please let us know when you're coming. Give us some advance notice. We'll make sure that we make time. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Bye-bye. Michael Sarah Santa Croce. Wow, she really knows her stuff when it comes to LinkedIn. A real thought leader. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such an interesting platform, LinkedIn. And, you know, she spent her last decade figuring out how to be effective on it, how to leverage it. And, you know, it's it's just one of those things that's going to take time. But there is so much opportunity out there to be known. It's a platform to help yourself become known. You know what? I've used LinkedIn before to generate sales success. I haven't been on it as much lately. And having this interview has just made me think that I need to revisit that platform. There's a lot of prospects for the kind of work that you and I do and the other work that that I do individually that I can totally approach on LinkedIn. And I believe now is the time to do that and do that powerfully. Absolutely. And you know, what I think is interesting is our our blueprint, the Market Authority blueprint, there are 10 steps uh, that you can use to position yourself as an authority in the marketplace. And I think every single one of them is applicable to LinkedIn. Number three is become known as the de facto expert in your industry. I mean, you can go and search your industry on LinkedIn. You can start to connect with those people. You can start to, as as she was she was saying today, Sarah was saying, start to put out information that is valuable to your market. So download that uh, report. You can get that at authorityrocks.com and start applying these into your business and having people reaching out to you instead of the reverse. Absolutely. And remember, it's a one-pager. Winston Churchill said that any plan that takes longer than a page to articulate isn't a good plan. It's not simple enough. It's not direct enough. We've got everything you need on the Authority Marketing Blueprint on one page, and it's absolutely free. All you've got to do is go to authorityrocks.com and download it. And remember, 
This is powerful because it's going to help you clarify your personal brand. Having a clear personal brand is very important because otherwise you're going to be stuck in that sea of sameness. You're not going to be able to differentiate yourself from any of your competitors out there, and you're not going to be able to make the difference you were born to make, and you're not going to be able to make the kind of commercial income that you want to make. So make sure you get yourself a copy of this, and we'll catch you at the next episode. That wraps another episode of the Business of Thought Leadership podcast. To learn more about today's guest and to get all sorts of valuable free business building resources, you can go to thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Until next time, goodbye. You've been listening to the Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening.